0: Log Talk Radio. Mm
1: another special edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy, which is a podcast from the Geek Girls' perspective. And I am the head hauntress, and we're going to get right into things, because we have a jam-packed first hour, and I've been waiting to do this podcast for weeks now. I'm so excited. Uh, It is Women in Horror Month. Well, no, that was actually last month. This month is Women in History Month. Doesn't matter. This is our Women in Horror Month. This is our Women in Horror episode. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Women in Horror, in particular, one. And I am so excited to have her back on the show. Jill gavar <laughs> Oh, my God. I totally practiced, too. Uh, Gavar-Gizian. Oh, gosh. She's going to kill me because I literally practiced. Uh, and I got it down. But, anyway. Some people know her as Jill six. We know her as the director of The Stylist And The Stylist is Doing better than Anybody could possibly imagine I think It's just blowing up Along with the cast and crew They're all going on to do amazing things And so we're going to talk about the night at 9.15 When she calls in Please call in and join us Ask her questions, I'm sure We'll talk about women in horror We'll talk about St. Patrick's Day in the second hour as well Uh, Please call in and tell us what you think 646-716-9172 Once again, that's 646-716-9172 The Sexy Witches are looking forward to your call And, boy, are we looking forward to your call But first, before we get into our interview about the stylist tonight We do have a little bit of some catch-up to do So please, welcome to the show I'm just going to bring them right in My two co-hosts from the West Coast Raven, the enchantress of Nevermore Hawk, and Aaron, the uh, warlock of Orange County, Kogan. Welcome back to the festival. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, I'm really looking
2: forward to it. Yeah. I'm so excited.
1: I'm hoping the Wizard of Wandling will join us later. Steve, he is supposed to come on tonight, but um, we're so we'll find out if he does not. but we got we got plenty of sexy witches on the line to do our uh, do our uh, show. So first things first, wanted to do a quick recap of the golden Gloves just real quick because I really don't have much to say about them. They were kind of boring, a weird. Uh, I thought it was weird <laughs> yeah. when, you know, what's-his-name got his award, and he couldn't, they, they turned off his mic, and then they were going to cut away from him, and he's like, wait, I want to give a speech. Uh, that was weird, and then, like, uh, but then Sasha Baron Cohen won for his Borat movie for mm-hmm. Best Comedy of the Year, mm-hmm. and everything, uh, and I'm, like, so excited about that. What about you guys? That's really the only thing that really delighted me from the Golden Globes this year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> view,
1: I, I didn't. I don't have know, much though, I used, to add. No, it really.
3: I used to it it watch them
4: all the time. Like, I would never miss one, and then, I think, COVID broke everything that I liked about them. So mm. now I now I watch the recaps, and <clears throat> I don't know. It wasn't. It lacks the magical je ne sais quoi that one would normally Ah. feel like you know i i get that sense of like that could be me one day like a little eight-year-old raven watching the golden globes gets all excited like that's still in there somewhere but whatever they're doing the past (laughs) this year and last year baby raven like went to sleep i don't know
0: Hmm.
1: yeah it's cool um uh, the Golden Gloves were they they were the Golden Gloves. I will say nominations wise not as much as Raven off air. Uh it it actually more aligned with my top ten films of the year than the Oscars well, which I find interesting. Uh because well, cause, you know, some of my favorite films were actually nominated, a couple even once. So uh that makes me happy. But Golden Gloves, eh. so because you know, honestly for us when it comes to genre geeks, the the one thing that Um, Award that does seem to matter. And we're talking about like high on geeks like El Del Toro to, you know, the small geeks like Homicidal Homemaker is the Rondo Haddon Awards, Mm. which had their nomination drop over the weekend. And I know of at least five people that we need to give a shout out to because they got nominated. And I'm all excited for, um, first of all, on our inaugural show of this season, uh, J.K. came on to talk about top ten films mm-hmm. of the year, and his one of his favorite films was Richard Stanley's uh, Color of Space. Well, he was nominated for his Horrorhound article. He interviewed Richard Stanley mm-hmm. about the Color of Space, and he's nominated for best interview. So, congratulations, right J.K. Um, he's my boy. Hey. And, uh, he, like I said, he's taught me everything about interviewing so that he won for or was nominated for his interview skills is not surprising he is so good um also one of my favorite um podcasters um that often frequents like the projection booth and he's also a film critic and a book writer tim lucas was nominated congratulations and then of course we've had to give a shout out to our host friends who have been on the show, Gordoval and Mr. Lobo are both up for horror Host this year. So, congratulations Sweet. everybody. And then last Yay. but not least, and this one really surprises me, Tristan Risk is nominated for Best Short um, for her first directorial debut. So, you know, wow. Tristan Risk, you know, uh, Frankenstein created bikers, you know, she's, you know,
0: yeah. hot,
1: beautiful, bombshell, blonde, you know, brunette, on those, she's now she's a, and she's also an American Mary. A lot of you don't know that. Um, she plays the one that turns into a human Barbie doll. Uh, awesome. so she's up. For, she's also up for a uh, Rondo. So congratulations to our fellow geeks and comrades in arms. Congratulations, Amazing. we're so happy. Yeah, we're very very happy to see that they've been nominated and people are paying attention to their great work. So that's cool. Well. Now yeah. also nominated for Rondo, um, Raven and Erin is Bria Grant and Brie Grant awesome. is the star of The Stylist uh with a uh, with a uh uh, Towns, uh was in a uh, and uh, uh she's yeah. up for her directorial de- uh, debut with Angela Bettis called 12 Hour Shift um uh, which I I have oh, yet oh, to I see I love Angela Bettis. I'm yeah, all over um,
4: that times 2 now.
1: Yeah, I I <laughs> That's I awesome. uh, Bria Grant, I can't wait to talk to Jill about Bria Grant also because uh, she's blowing up right now. Uh, She has currently three films out and two of them you can see now. Uh, One is 12-Hour Shift. I don't know which app it's on, to be honest with you. I'd have to look it up. Uh, But uh, Lucky just dropped on Shutter, So you can see that on Shutter, And of course, the stylist is on the Arrow app, which dropped on March 1st. And that's why we are here. Now, do we have anything? 12-Hour Shift is on Hulu. On Hulu. Okay. So, uh, so make yeah. sure you, there's lots of ways to access Bria grant. That's fantastic. So Raven, do you have anything to report from the Pacific Northwest?
4: Well, we're alive.
0: <laughs> A lot of <laughs> us.
4: It's getting to the point where um, part of almost general public can sign up for vaccines. I'm in group 1A because I'm a GIMP, so I'm technically eligible. And then they will – but, like, the state will call you and give you an appointment. Or if you find one first somewhere else, you can just go get it. But that's hard without a car, so I'm kind of just watching two spots by my house. And seeing if something opens there. So, I really haven't, you know, still been anywhere during this, but that leaves lots of time to check out the new Arrow app (laughs) and (laughs) some of the great stuff they've dropped on Criterion this month as well.
1: All right. So, what about you, Mr. Kogan? How is the South, uh, how is LA treating everybody?
2: Um, not too bad. Um, I got to study the short and the, uh, feature length, uh, version of stylus today. And there was a lovely thunderstorm that came in to coincide with it. So that was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) we're getting all kinds of mixed messages on when Disney might open. They just said it can open The the state said it can open in April And there's buzz that it might open late April, which has got all kinds of weird connotations because they've been selling passes to people to do very limited food event things. And if the park opens and people paid extra money to go and it might be a thing. But um, yeah, other than that, we're we're kind of all just surviving out here as well.
1: Surviving um, his, what everyone's been doing lately, Uh, I I became eligible for my COVID vaccine finally in my county. Um, We've been been on a shortage, even though 1C has been eligible in Maryland for weeks now. But uh, good news is, and Aaron has very important news to report Um, on a personal note, uh, Mike is fully vaccinated. He survived. So right on. yeah, mm. so that's one one person that we don't have to worry about anymore. <laughs> um Sheila and her uh her uh, longtime companion Dan are halfway there. They have one Moderna shot, so mm,
0: uh, okay. we're,
1: we're we're almost there. We're, we're we're hitting the our stride, and and the evil genius went back to school last week. She goes to school oh, wow. Monday and Tuesdays, and then she and then she virtual learns. Uh, Wednesday through uh Friday. So um that's where cool. we, so yeah, it's been kinda busy here.
0: Uh,
1: and you know, and I'm sure you've heard about um, you know, the the vaccines that are now been greenlit and I will tell you um I can't go into details, but yeah, we're involved. <laughs> we're, we're, wow. we're 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 at ground zero for this. We are we are helping save not just United States, we are saving the world in eight, you know, so yeah yeah, (laughs) so um, we're currently helping with at least two, I think three of the vaccines right now Um, so that's pretty amazing, Um, and then there's another one on the way Um, actually two more Uh, Novavax and um, the AstraZeneca um, are also associated so those are the next two Um, So, you know, all these companies are are really pushing uh, forward. We're going to be fine. We're going to make this, hopefully. It's not over yet. I really, really today on the year of the anniversary of the pandemic, you have someone fully lifting the restrictions of their masks. What the fuck? Uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) fuck Texas. I am so done with them. I, 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 you know, I'm thinking about moving south. I am not moving to Texas. Bria Grant, I feel bad because she's from Texas, and I don't want to diss on
2: Texas. But (laughs) yeah,
1: no, I'm dissing on Texas. Not the
2: people, the government. The government. The the, the government.
1: Some of some of of the under guys that are like you know pretty right wing, they're like, what? They're not exactly happy either on the local end. So uh, they're like, what are you doing? You know, you know, we're still like higher numbers than we had this summer. You know, so you know exactly. But. you know it, it, we'll see. We'll see. Well, in a, in a month, things might be very different for all of us on this panel. We'll all have a chance to get shots. And, and you should, there are ways, there are um, Raven, there are comp, uh, groups that are doing um, door to door stuff. You can like find yeah. out about that. They're coming to people that don't have cars, um, including nice. they're starting up. I don't know if I'm sure Portland. Portland's always doing stuff like this. They're starting mobile oh, units yeah. in, in big cities. Uh and so you should God you should damn, look at that. Yeah. And, oh, and, and, and also there are people that are like like Uber has a, I think it's Uber. Is Uber or Lyft? One of those has a special thing where if you're going to get your COVID shot, they will give you a free lift to get your COVID shot. Um oh, I don't know if yeah, I don't know if it's in all cities, but yeah, but they, they they there are ways to get to get you to the vaccine. Let's just put it awesome. that way. Yeah. It's, awesome. So so awesome. look into yeah. that. And a pro tip for us, Erin, I don't actually know if yeah. there's any an unusual place to get and people, if you're listening, sexy witches and 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 gentle folk out there, Dollar Generals are going to be giving the vaccine away. What, yeah, you can get your shot Johnson shot at Jalo General, so that might be a way to do it
2: um,
0: <laughs>
1: and, i I um, want to
2: do the drive through at Disneyland. I want to be able to say that I got mine at Disney, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it way, comes with a pin happy pandemic
1: <laughs> anniversary um i'm glad the sexy witches are still here <laughs> now it's nine sixteen, and we did have an issue with time on on and and uh and and uh like time zones because she's in the uh, uh whatchamacallit uh, uh, central time and we're in eastern uh-huh. and you're in western time so we were all confused on the times and she thought uh, she was gonna call in like at 10 her time which would have been too late uh <laughs> we would have been on there yeah. uh, so uh but she said that she figured it out and i think that she's here excellent yes. all right so okay i'm so scared because i'm okay i'm so happy <laughs> <or> so,
0: <laughs>
1: because i've had her on the show before We've talked about our shorts. We've talked about indie horror. We talked about what it's like to be an indie female director. All those things that you do with such female horror geeks do. But now the film is made. The film is here. We have a film. It's the stylist or first feature film. And I remember. Like the look on her face when I said I was going to back her film and she was very appreciative And then I backed her film And then like now her film is Going to make her bigger than any of us And we're so happy to have her on the show Before she becomes a superstar Golden Globe Oscar winner that she's going to Eventually become you know because She's awesome please welcome back to the yep. Show A huge sexy wish to mm-hmm. welcome To Jill Give our G- 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 ah.
0: Do it. I really did know how to say your name right, and now it like comes on. us. can't do it. Gavarzian right?
1: Is that right? So close.
0: Gavargizion.
1: So Gavargizion. You see, and, I, and and Raven can vouch. I actually phonically wrote it down correctly in the feed yesterday. Just practicing in our text. Yeah. Yes, I I, I, I saw
4: the homework. She did do her homework. <laughs> I, so I really. People,
5: they practice it and then they go to like do the actual intro and then. <laughs> completely forget what they practice it's like the pressure uh, of, <laughs> in the moment
1: it's so embarrassing Jill but I am so happy to have you here thank you thank you for coming on and you're such a busy whirlwind schedule because I know that you're super busy and you're you're on this circuit you're hitting like a lot of podcasts and a lot of articles and people are reviewing you and all this wonderful stuff so um
0: and it looks like that Steve has joined us Hey Steve!
1: Hey Steve! Hello. Steve.
5: Yeah, I'm so excited to return. We, it only made sense that we talked about it when, you know, we were crowdfunding and to
1: come back when yeah. it's finally finished. But not just finished. You have a distribution deal, and you're out, out. Like not, a, you're the festival circuit. You you blew through that straight to disro. Yet your festival circuit was super high profile. I mean, uh, you you got Sickas, and you got uh you know Fear Fat Phil uh, Fest in England, and uh, Frank Fest in England, and you you've just been, and fan, of course you premiered at Fantastic Fest. So, uh. So so let's start with you getting into Fantastic Fest with your feature. I know you played there before with the short, but this time you were a feature. And because of COVID, it was virtual, which was a very different situation. So talk about that experience.
5: Yeah, it was crazy because actually when we started submitting to festivals, we weren't even sure. You know, this was like spring of last year, and so we weren't sure and the festivals themselves weren't sure how they would operate or if. So we're, you know, at first submitting to festivals, not even knowing if they would happen in any way. And uh, so it was like very different than, than previous years, even though it is my first feature, than with had how it had been with shorts. But to get into Fantastic was so exciting. Like when the short got in, we were beyond ecstatic It's a sort of, very hard festival to get into, but, um, I mean, my only sadness is that we could go and be there, but, you know, the plus of virtual is that so many more people could access it from all over.
1: So. I actually think it might have been a blessing in disguise, and I think more people saw your film through Fantastic yeah. Fest Virtual than would have saw it at the fan, at Austin. But then again, going to Austin, walking through the red carpet onto the whiteboard and going into a packed house is something that every person that even remotely likes film wants to do. So, you know, I'm sorry that you didn't get to get that experience with the stylist, but I think what you have been getting is pretty sensational. Yeah, it's been Super exciting, and we did get to attend
5: a couple screenings in the fall. We had a couple drive-in screenings, one at the Knoxville Horror Film Festival and one in Chicago, so it was a cool way, and it's also, that's a dream to, I feel like, to ever see a movie you made on a drive-in screen, so it was a,
0: mm-hmm.
5: like a great way to, and the fact that kind of like this has brought back the drive-in, I think it also will be popular again now that the weather is getting yeah. warmer again.
1: Uh, the drive-in saved film this this past year
5: um, you know
0: I,
1: I've been a huge proponent of drive-ins for a long time and one of the things I focus on on this show is drive-ins and so yeah I, I, was, I was super excited to see you got to play at a couple drive-ins um, and and it's just there's just something about them like the atmosphere the the food is always a little bit up up game from what you get at the regular theaters uh, and people are just happy to be there. Yeah, there's such a
5: nostalgia
1: to it too. It's just has a magic feeling. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a a, um, near you in Kansas City, do you have a a drive-in near you? Yeah, we've got a couple in town actually um,
5: and they're still both going. We, because of our weather here, shut down all winter of course but um hopefully I don't know what if they wait till closer to summer to reopen but yeah we've got two that have been going strong for a long time and some people forget they're there i'm like they're there they're showing double features every weekend <laughs>
1: Uh, we have the largest outdoor screen in the U S About 45 minutes from here uh, in Baltimore, the Benji's drive-in. Oh, wow. I try to hit, I try to hit it at least a couple of times every season. It actually stayed all open all the way through December with uh retro screenings. I uh, very impressive. They usually don't stay open that long. And we did get cold. So, uh, but they have these special heaters that hook up to the old poles, which is kind of cool. Uh, so uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, Before we get headstrong into the feature version of The Stylist, does My Sexy Witches have any questions for Jill, general questions before we move on?
4: I just wanted to say it's so cool to talk to you again. This is Raven, who also owns a Chihuahua. I don't know if you remember. (laughs) Uh, um, I think Pepper has really upped her acting game. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm excited <laughs> to see where she
0: goes
1: I noticed in the on cre- it. <laughs> I noticed in the credits And it was completely accident Because it was by appearance But technically you put Pepper Above Bria Grant In the credits
0: Okay, okay. That's because you
5: the role you do In order of appearance
0: I know, <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying <laughs> I'm just dealing you know,
5: just... with them all that she's the
1: star many times.
5: Oh well, you
1: know <laughs> Pepper steals every scene she's in and every outtake for that matter too. Yeah. I did see the outtakes where she just kind of walks away <laughs> from Najara.
0: <laughs> like you know I'm not in this.
1: What's up? So, um, what about you, Eric? Do you have anything you want to say to our wonderful, sexy witch, um, the hairstylist um, herself?
2: I'm so pleased to uh, have you back on the show. Um, I very much enjoyed both the uh, the short and the feature. And I've got specific questions, but general questions, I guess I, I don't have much.
1: All right. Well, let's go right into talking about the feature length stylist. Um, so you expanded a short into an hour 44, which is not always the easiest thing to do. But you have the same... Uh, actress Najara Townsend in the starring role and she anchors this movie uh, so what what bro- decided you when I, I mean I've watched a lot of your um behind the scenes stuff so, so I know some of this is gonna be a little bit of rehash but y- you were mentioning that you couldn't have done this without her um it, what 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 was the moment when you were filming the short that you're like yeah this could be a full feature well it was actually when we when the
5: idea first came to me, I wanted it to be a feature. I just knew I knew well, I knew I, I wasn't personally gonna try to make that jump that soon because I'd only made one short film. And you know, Call Girl, my first short film in comparison as far as like technique technically speaking is it was a big jump just from that to making the stylus short. So I knew I needed to make a short first, really. It wasn't like that it was an idea that we got during the short. Um, it just seemed like something that would work in both forms, and that if we started with a short, it would only benefit us later having this thing to use as a proof of concept to show people. And so I'm sure I went like even when I first started to talk to Najara about the short, I, I feel like I must've mentioned first meeting that, It was my intention to turn it into a feature eventually. Um, And once we worked together on the short, me and Najara, I knew like there's no way. I don't think this movie works without her performance. I I was always worried about it being campy or silly, and I think it's not because of her. And like no one could, you could giving me like the biggest A-list actor and all the money in the world. And I'd be like, Najara is playing Claire. Like
1: She is Claire's. So I'm sorry. <laughs> There's
5: no changing that now <laughs> for
1: me. And, and what a performance. Cause it, you know, it's very minimalist two. when it comes to dialogue. Well, no, two performance. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Branson. I'm serious.
2: I, I think that, I think they're two different performances and they're both exceptional i i enjoyed the hell out of both there is definitely I, I, a
1: slight I, difference between the claire from the short and the claire and the feature but i think it's also because we get to know spend more time with claire in the feature yeah um so uh was there any conscious decisions of change of character between the short and and the feature that you and najara collaborated with or did organically fall the way it did Um, There was one major thing
5: that we removed, and this was kind of in the writing phase, um, was in the short film, she had some scarring on her neck that you just kind of see and assume is part of her issue with her identity or whatever. And I realized that took away, like, it made the focus, it became too much about that when... Mm we added that in the short as like another layer to her, to why she battles with herself. But I realized that made all the focus on appearance, which I understand it's a film about the beauty industry. So that's a theme, but her motivation for me was not that she's trying to look perfect, but that she's trying to just escape her own self and feel what it's like to be someone else. It doesn't matter who it could be anybody. And Just in the short, it happened to be a woman who was like, I need to look perfect tonight. I'm going to a party. I need to impress my boss, all these things. So she was repeating, I need to look perfect. That mixed with the scarring, I feel like it became 100% about appearance. And to me, I wanted it to be about what's going on in her head and how that just differs from reality and how we don't see ourselves in a very fair way often times. And so it just made sense to take that away and make it more internal.
1: And it is an extremely internal performance in, in the feature. Like, there's moments where she's somehow, I don't know how, how she's doing it, she is shuddering from the inside out. Like, it's a shiver, but her yeah. her outer performance isn't moving. Like, you know, she's got that... Greta Garbo mask happening where she doesn't show a lot of expression through her facial features but everything has to do with the way she holds herself, the way she looks at things and her nerves. She's often very flighty and nervous and edgy about things and I related to that quite a bit because I have anxiety myself
0: <laughs> um, and yeah. I had
1: a Big anxiety attack recently, and so I, I, I get that. I, I, maybe I relate too much to Claire than I should. Um, so uh, how does she do that? Where does that come from? Najara okay. is, is a kind of a revelation. I mean, both her and Bria are, to that matter. But, uh, but I wanted to talk about Bria on her own um, and talk about Najara first because she's the star of the movie and the stylist herself. Um, and she also has some hair experience, Joe, just like you do, right? She does not.
5: She did. it Oh, did everything for the film that she could. Um, wow. She. Uh, but you're like you're saying her, her performance is. I don't even understand it. I. I did learn from her that it's a lot about, actually processing these thoughts as. As an. When you're acting, you know what's happening, but you can't be acting like, you know, you have to actually be in the moment and process things in, in, like in time that you would. And I feel like that's the biggest difference that so much of that role is silence and subtle reactions. And, and she says so much with the slightest eye move or, yeah, it's like you're saying it, she's not even doing anything and you can feel how she's
1: feeling. Well the wheels are turning, but you know, she's yeah. not trying to emote that. Like she can't emote that. She doesn't process emotion the way that quote unquote normal people do. Um, unquote. Um, you know, but it, it's it's a pretty impressive thing to watch her do this for this long. And and it ends with a very explosive ending, um, to this film, which I wanted to talk about the, um, sh- there's a uh, an essay that went with this film that I watched. The Arrow put out, by the way. Arrow's extras. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh what what joy. <laughs> um, but the Invisible yeah, we've Woman. Yeah, we got like twelve videos on there oh, <laughs> of extras, yeah. and there'll be more on the Blu-ray. Uh, oh, nice. and right. The on. Blu-ray is available for pre-order, people. Um, March Madness, and also in April. So you know, and and it comes out. I think out it's June. just the digital. The just the digital is for
5: pre-order right now. Uh,
1: not, I don't but think. But there the is, gonna is gonna be a, a Blu-ray payment.
5: release in June,
1: right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So June, buy it, buy it twice, buy it three times. I will buy it once, at least maybe twice. I've already bought it three times. Uh, yeah, so. that
5: that essay is done by a. Author and film critic Alexandra Heller-Nicholas, she's written a lot of books about horror and especially about women's studies within horror. And so when they told, asked me, Arrow asked if we'd be interested in her doing a video essay, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? That's going to be the coolest and most flattering thing. And I died when I saw it. Don't watch it till you watch the movie. It spoils the whole movie. Warning.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you have a, a Liz?
2: Or did I drop? She might have dropped out. I'm so glad you oh. said that about the scar on the side of her neck in the, the short and it not being in the, the feature. I, I thought that that's where you were going, but I wasn't entirely sure.
5: Yeah. I just realized it made it too much about, like, oh, she has a weird scar or a deformity and it's all about covering that up and I just didn't want it to become too focused on that and I think like what we're saying about Najara and her performance she's an incredible actress and I mean she rocked the short film and we barely knew each other but I also think that the feature benefited from her reading like every draft of the script between then and now like four years of her reading it giving us her thoughts on it so she so she really, like, helped build this character with us.
2: Was that always her hands in the client's hairs, or were you <laughs> in there at all? Were there ever any shots of you? Because I know you used to be a stylist.
5: I actually still am, which I like to scare oh. people and tell them about the movie while I'm doing their hair. Um, oh, my God. But, <laughs> but
3: That's amazing. Not my
5: hands. I wish it could be my hands. It's all hands her. Are covered in tattoos, unfortunately. But oh, okay. uh, they're actually our production designer and producer Sarah Sharp. They are her hands in all the like extreme close-ups, like the hair washing and the blow drying and curling uh, yeah. even. But Najara still did. She like was training herself for like five six months with a mannequin head, doing friend yeah. hair. This is just to kind of get the comfort with like being behind someone and having your hands in your hair, which. But having that, like, looking like you've been doing it for 15 years is hard to face, right. even if yeah. you, try. you know, that's why no. we did the close-ups with someone else's hands, who she, Sarah, was right. Good. Designer,
1: also was a cosmetologist, so. Oh, that's handy. Um, am, am I online again? There uh, you are. Hi. Yay, I'm back. I don't know what happened. It, I didn't get disconnected, but I had to recall back in. You know, blog talk it's... never ceases to amaze me on their crappy sound. Uh really okay. there's always something. Always. <laughs> something. As a matter of fact, I queued up the film, mm-hmm. the music for the uh, this, and the wrong song played. And uh, anyway, Jill, I apologize for that. This has been a rough interview. <laughs> <No worries. laughs> um, so. so yeah, I actually—it's funny because I actually thought that Najara did have some like stylus for because when she, you know you show her pinning hair and and doing veils and things like things that aren't that easy. Yeah, like you said, aren't that easy to fake. And I really, really appreciate like how how much truth there was in that. Um yeah. And you know, and you and I know.
5: Missed,
1: go ahead. It I totally wait, came across.
5: The, the close up the like extreme close-ups are someone else's hands, so they're saying, yeah, you said like that. hand, hand
1: double. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear all you. I, you just couldn't hear me. I heard everything. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, and yeah, no, uh, that's awesome. And and uh, so um, let's talk about you for a second, as in front of the camera, which I know for a fact is something you are not really comfortable with. You tend to get nervous, but you actually take a part in this movie, and you do actually, you're um, spoiler, uh, one of the most gruesome deaths in the film. So what made you decide to kill yourself and let your star wear your hair?
5: Um,
1: basically, a, to
5: live out a childhood dream of getting killed <laughs> in a horror movie, and <laughs> challenging myself because yeah, I'm horrified of being in front of the camera for the most part. And I've a few instances in my life that I wanted to do something like that, and then it came down to it, and I was like, "Yeah, there's no way I'm doing this." Um, so the most challenging part was I knew I had to couldn't, like make a decision and stick with it. Like two months before we shot, because of the special effects we had to build for it. So I had to have these like serious conversations with myself where I'm like. Do you want to do this? And once you do it, you like you can't turn around because you're then you're like you're gonna fuck over your own movie essentially <laughs> because suddenly you'll need a different actor and a special effect and all kinds of things. And it was also it was all those things. Plus, it logically made sense. It's easy to turn my hair into a wig. I don't. I'm am i I'll, I'll work for free on my own movie.
1: <laughs> it was yeah. also a practical decision as a producer. And, and and also, I mean, your actor already knew the script. It would have been easy, right? <laughs> so, and, and it's a part you that you wrote that you could do. It's just wonderful to see you on. Like when you opened the door, I was actually almost in shock it was you were in the movie. I was like, Jill, she's there. Uh, so I was super excited to see you there. And um, so let's talk about um, the gore. Since we're talking about like childhood dreams of being murdered on film, I, I think everyone wants to die in a horror movie. I think it's it's something that everyone sh- it's on the bucket list for sure. You your gore effects were always on point. Oh, Let's just put it that way. We we know that we're, we've got the roots there. Um, you, you've been a horror geek back in the day. Um, you're you, you you've often mentioned on a lot of these podcasts that Toby Hooper is your man. Uh, so um, what? like your gore budget and who did your gore and uh how how did you know without giving away trade secrets your the scalping sequences like what how did those go down for you I an ordeal to build a
5: scalping effect I learned in all the process <laughs> but um the effects were done by Colleen Kaufman and she worked on the short film as well. And actually has I've worked with her on everything, everything. I've done that needed special effects. Um, sorry. What did you say? I missed something. You. Oh,
1: no, you're fine. Nobody's
0: okay. <laughs> um
1: We're all attentive. Um,
5: uh, the, the challenging thing about it, well, I think actually now that I think about it, all special effects, it means that you have to cast the the person getting the having the special effect on their body earlier than you would normally cast a film because of all the pro, the process it takes to make that but especially with a scalp or with a scalping it's interesting because we have to match their hair to a wig and it cuz there was also the question of why don't maybe just have them wear the wig the whole time but I can't handle that as a hairstylist because wigs even like wigs in million dollar movies look like shit to me so I knew we <laughs> couldn't get wigs that looked as good as as bad as those do. So, um, funny, like I had one of the actresses, Jennifer Seward, meet me at the wig shop because her, her hair was a little more challenging. And then a lot of that was a mix of like our color correction and lighting to make sure the hair matched. But um, it's a process of like my Colleen. She has background in wig work too, she doesn't just do special effects makeup. She's worked on ballets and all kinds of things, and this was, like, a fusion of a lot of stuff she's done, and it's cool because she would, we get these wigs, and then she adds, like, fake skin to the front of them, feeds some of the hair through that fake skin, so the front of it looks a little more realistic, and um, I have tons of them sitting in my office. I look very, I, I look like I am Claire in real life. So, but um, <laughs> I love them, but uh, they're very challenging. And she also made a lot that are, you know, supposedly, you know, me- meant to be Claire's previous victims that we don't see in the movie. They're in her basement, you know, displayed on mannequin heads. So, those are made differently because we're not showing the, you know, the inside of it. We're not literally peeling it off someone's head. So you only need to do so much to it and they're all aged differently, even though you don't see any of that in close up, but the details I think are what matter, but it was a challenging thing and you never know with real, with like practical effects, if it's going to go well until you just turn, say action and then you're praying to God, (laughs) it's going to work. It was so perfect on the short film. We were all extra nervous because nothing happens the same twice and, we had a lot of actually very challenging things with shooting the special effects on this, but in, on the, in the movie, they, you can't tell. And so I'm super stoked, (laughs) but but we also treated like each kill in this movie. it, It escalates because Claire's really like completely unraveling and falling apart as a person. So the first one is like nice and tidy and how she normally does things. And then it proceeds to get worse from there and so we wanted to also show off different things with the effects. Like, we didn't want to actually pull the scout back more than, like, every time we're showing something different off. And so it was hmm. like we were never repeating a special effect. Um, but yeah. I, it was fun. I, I really love the, the sound scariest, effects, though.
0: too.
5: Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's okay.
4: The <laughs> Foley was really good.
5: those are what freaking drives that stuff home like people don't know how painful it is to watch like when you're just editing and you don't even have those effects in yet and you're it just is almost unbearable to watch till you have sound (laughs) The,
1: the 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 grapefruit sound when she's scalp pulling off a scalp is such a classic yeah. cringe and and, okay. and it's like yeah, yeah you don't even need to show it after a couple of times if you hear that noise you know exactly what's happening and your imagination and it's just It's super takes creepy off. <laughs> yeah. so good so, yeah it it is um, everything technically about this film is on point and um, i like want to shout out to your cinematographer because um it, it, both yeah. you can see your influences you can see his influences. Uh you definitely have like like my favorite color schemes you used were in the club um during the Bachelorette party. The G it reminded me of like the best Giallo's with the reds and the greens and the blues like you were using. Yeah. Um I, I know that you do like Giallo. Was there any Giallo in particular that you or your cinematographer were thinking about when you were shooting those sequences?
5: Not specifically it's weird i don't have like the most like formal i don't know education or i haven't seen tons of like the classic 70s giallos but i see them now and i'm like you see like that's influences everywhere you know that even in like action films it's everywhere like in drive or only god forgives um it was definitely Mm. inspired by that stuff but it's more inspired by newer stuff that's definitely influenced by giallo in the first place like Neon Demon has a great club bathroom scene too. And uh, Black Swan has a cool club scene Uh, that uh, only God forgives that red was part of that. But yeah, we've, I love that kind of lighting, but you, you know, you'll see like that makes anything look cool and people tend to, tend to use it too much because it looks cool. So we really try to Mm -hmm. like give, Motivation for when we would do stuff like that, like in the club. Of course, it makes sense to go crazy with it, but to always give it like some sort of real motivation versus it just it just is because it looks you know just purely aesthetic. Um,
1: like so you a... just mentioned three four films and three of them were directed by Nicholas. Rens- yeah, <laughs> all his films <laughs> look the
0: same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But, but you're you're saying you like to use it in small doses, and and I do think that it, it stood out. Like that sequence looks so beautiful, and then there's her walking around with that beautiful furry coat. The, the, this photograph, it, it just looks amazing on camera, you know, with in it, it, right before she kills you, actually. Um, so. Uh, it, there's just a, it, it, it's not just a giallo i mean you you actually look like you, you're changing styles here and there um what what were your influences uh and not just like i know i know I have a lot of giallo in me but um it, there you said newer films but i mean overall the whole film doesn't look like a giallo it actually it's really more of a character study and in than oh, yeah. anything, um, I, I actually find it more of a like more satisfying in some ways than the horror aspects is your character study of of, of uh, Claire. Um, so what where where does where does this come from like the, the the aesthetic overall like where 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 and where do you see yourself um, trying next? It's um it
5: was influenced by a lot of stuff. I brought up those newer films kind of, I guess, for lighting sake, but we looked to just kind of a slew of films that had similar themes and a tone that we were going for to pull, like, inspiration from all over the place, whether it was color or wardrobe or music or anything. Um, I focused on films like films about women that were in the thriller horror world Specifically about women obsessing with other women wanting to become someone else, and realized there were so many films about that general idea. Um, But really went down like a Brian De Palma uh, watch. Like, I'd seen big films like Carrie and Scarface, but I hadn't seen like Sisters and Blowout or Body Double. Um, Sisters really has that double doppelganger theme. And then I discover films like Three Women by Robert Altman with Sissy Spacek and Shelley Duvall. I'm like, how did I never hear about this film with, like, two horror icons in it, um, which is another film about a woman wanting to become another. And uh, then a film called Persona by Igmar Igr- Bergman. Mm-hmm. All these older films I we look to for, like, Uh, technical ways to bring out the themes in the film because these are like some of the most, you know, best filmmakers ever. And so there's like small ways to bring it out. Like that's where we came up with it. That's where we decided to use split screen. It wasn't written to be split screen. That's where we got the idea to do a lot of stacked blocking, like where the characters are intentionally on top of each other. Like Olivia's intentionally blocking Claire in multiple conversations. Like she's like they're becoming one or she's it's just little ideas like that that we got. But that's where we, that's where to me, like Neon Demon and Black Swan come in. They're kind of more modern psychological thrillers about
0: hmm.
5: you know, obsession, about perfection, all these themes that were in our film.
1: And it, that is a very, like, the, the perfection's a theme in the film. I, like the Invisible Woman essay said, about women in roles that are artists or masters of their craft yet will never be remembered for such like Claire, Um, you know, and, and also the isolation of being alone, which can drive anybody crazy. Um, I know that from COVID. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, you know, all this stuff comes in and and goes to a head because of Bria Grant's character who asks her to do a wedding, which she initially refuses to do because she doesn't like doing weddings. And 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 Claire is smart. We don't know what happens. I I read a really bullshit interview with the Guardian. They're like, "Well, where does Claire stash the bodies?" I'm like, first of all, it's a slasher, and you wouldn't ask Jason that." Um, but the other thing is, <laughs> like, you know, the basement, other thing is, yo,
2: it's, it's huge, basement. Dental,
1: You know, but she doesn't. She's smart. She doesn't take out her regulars. She takes out someone from out of town or someone like, you know, you wouldn't suspect, but Bria Grant is one of her regulars and asks her to be part of a wedding, which she instantly is like, I don't do weddings. I don't like weddings because she doesn't, you know, she's nervous and she doesn't like, you know, it's not her vibe, but she decides to do it. And then they form this unlikely friendship that, um, Really escalates towards the end, and and you said herself that you f- feel that Bria Grant's character is the anti Claire. Um, by the way, oh my god, is Bria mm-hmm. Grant doing so well right now? Everything she's everywhere, like mm-hmm. she blew up, and congratulations for yes. to that, too. So, let's yes, talk about Yes, Everyone should check out
5: Shudder or her new film Lu- Lucky on Shudder and
1: her other film 12 Hour Shift on Hulu and in 12 hour shift we were just mentioning got nominated for a rondo Haddon award uh which is like you know awesome. uh, the the horror geek mecca of awards shows right so yeah uh, it's the one the one we actually want
0: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> right.
1: you know uh but uh, so you you have you bring Bria Grant in here to be the anti-Claire and, and was it just like was it always Bria Grant in mind uh, did she audition for it um, I know some of the answers to this but I want my audience to hear because it's kind of an interesting story that when you started collaborating with her because you did, were going to work on something completely different
5: yeah we had another film we were trying to get off the ground um, that was written by Eric Stoles who's one of the co-writers on Stylist but I met both of them through this other project that I was brought on to direct. And that's kind of the status, like that's the status that stylist was in for three years. We're all just kind of like sending these packages around, hoping it'll get financed one day. Um, but we got far with that project and I got to actually shoot a fake trailer with her. So we really got close through that project. And ever since I basically met her and started to get to know her, is when I started to picture her in that (laughs) role. We had already written the role or versions of it, and um, it wasn't written for anyone specific, you know, initially. But once I met her, I just kept thinking, like, she I feel like is the perfect Olivia. And I just kept that in my mind, and I didn't ask her or even say that to her until it came down to us deciding to just say F it. We're doing a Kickstarter. We're going to try to figure this out on our own and do it now. <laughs> um And a lot of it came down to, to like what you're saying, like she's so successful and busy right now that that was kind of when those films were also being made lucky in 12 hour shift. And she also worked on the Pandora series, uh, or the CW series Pandora. She wrote and directed on two seasons of that. So it wow. was more a matter of, like, she wanted to do it. She didn't know if she'd be able to because of scheduling. And I never, never figured, thought about anyone else. So we had no backup plan. And it wasn't until, like, maybe, you know, five weeks before shooting that she could commit. And... She was perfect. I never auditioned her because I know her, her work and knew that she was like gonna rock Olivia. But what I was excited to see for the first time was Olivia and like, Najara and Bria bring them to life together and see how their personalities would clash. Because it was hope it was our hope that they would that they would feel so different. Like Olivia is just such an open, boisterous type personality and. Players like you know so introverted show shut down so opposite so I really and the first thing we shot with them was like a super climactic scene with them on the you know in this parking garage it's a very confrontational moment and oh yeah I was, like tears tears in my eyes I was like oh my god they're the perfect chemistry of like characters this is perfect <laughs> I was so happy
1: <laughs> oh so what, what when you, you got
5: being...
1: go ahead
0: Start.
5: What you're saying about the anti Claire was like, in this weird way, we were trying to present her like the camera sees her the way Claire does. But as far as Bria's performance, I wanted her to be played as a full, fully layered human being, even if we're trying to see her the way Claire does. It's a very weird thing we were trying to do.
1: But I mean, it really is like a, a two-person show. This, 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 this there's almost yeah. no scenes. You know, it, it, it's, you know, the duality of, of of female relationships are some of the most complex ever, and, and people go, all that's cliche." But it really is true. I mean, women say things without saying things to each other. Um, it, it you know, men are a lot easier to deal with Sometimes, at least I think so but what are you saying when, but you know but the problem is <laughs> that like like the Bria, Bria, it, both characters have something in common they want to be heard uh you know like like uh, Olivia yeah. is worried that she's no longer being heard and that her life is taking a course she wasn't expecting and and Claire never is heard uh and wants to be other people and feel what other people feel cuz she can't feel it herself uh but they they both have the same a similar issue with that Yeah it's it's interesting
5: I haven't honestly thought about it that from Olivia's perspective, um, I admittedly got get so lost in Claire's perspective that it was hard for me even to work on Olivia's background as a person because I saw her through Claire's eyes too, and it was almost like I shouldn't know that much about. It was a weird thing, but with but with Rhea I did sit down and talk it out and. It's funny, I came to her, I was like, I feel bad I only have so much, like, written about her background, and then Bria tells me this that was more background than she'd ever been given from any director in her whole life, and I was like, what? I thought- wow. I thought- yeah. That's
0: awesome.
5: I'm like, now I'm worried about what is everyone else doing out there? <laughs> <Right>. Nothing? No. <laughs> nothing. It's usually uh, nothing. I that, that's largely... Often, what the actor does is bring that layer to a character. But I feel like if you don't, if you're a writer and you don't know your character, then everything you've written that they do has no reason for it. It's just
0: like what? But
1: but I notice when I write characters, sometimes, and I found out this is actually a normal thing. My characters talk to me when I'm writing. Um, I started having conversations with them yeah. and sometimes they, I will real, it'll, they'll reveal something that I wasn't thinking. No, I wouldn't do that. Oh, okay. Am I crazy? But it makes sense. All right. <laughs> you know. So, uh, I would assume that Claire probably speaks to you on a level very similarly. Um, since you know her so well and she's a lot of pieces of you, but she's, she's of you, but she is not you. So. Yeah,
0: it's
5: it's interesting, even, this is kind of a different perspective, but Elit, or Bria, see, I don't even know their real names versus the character anymore, but Bria, <laughs> when she was on set, she was like, she had this idea of, like, kind of keep me as sheltered, even though, of course, she read the whole script, but she was like, I'm trying to kind of, like, not think about what Claire's going through, and she tried to stay away from set when she wasn't on Working or on camera, and kind of trying to stay in this like Olivia bubble because it, Olivia wouldn't know all those things that are going on until uh, you know it's too late. So, I thought that was
1: really interesting.
5: That's so cool.
1: So, sexy witches, we're getting the end of this interview time. So, any questions? Let's start with Aaron because I know he's just bubbling with questions. Go ahead.
2: I've got a couple. Um, first off, I how much are we avoiding spoilers? Cause there's a bit at the end that I fricking love that I would love to ask about, but you know, I don't want to give anything away. Um,
1: you can go ahead and just spoiler alert. I mean yeah, right, you know, well, a warning people. There's this the, the big so people big ending out. spoiler. Okay. Uh, if you wanna like put on take off go sing for Bo two ears, minutes, go run do it. Away. Yeah,
2: yeah. But, but, yeah, run away for ending, ten seconds.
1: But the truth is the ending unfortunately has been spoiled online and I was so mad.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> like some
1: people, I'm, I'm I I'm glad I saw
2: it without it being ruined. But I wanted to ask specifically where the impetus came for the moment between Claire and the kid, the little girl whose hair she done because that is so freaking perfect in the midst of everything going on, the chaos and the horror. Oh, yeah, that is so cry. good. I freaking love that. It is one of my that.
1: favorite moments in the whole movie, I, it, it, when, when the kid and her lock eyes at, at the altar. It well, is where pretty, did,
2: and they're smiling yeah. at each other. It's great. Yeah. Where did that come from?
5: So, Adorably creepy. Um, and that little girl, that little girl, her name is Vienna Moss. She is incredibly talented. She's just like, all of this just comes natural to her. She had never done, she acted, but only in theater. And she was like, I didn't, I was like, you're lying, you're lying to me. Her mother, I was like, you (laughs) told her how all this works. Like, she's doing this way too, like, better than a lot of adults I've worked with. But, um, the idea for that last moment was kind of like, you know, connected to her doing her hair was to kind of suggest that this is the person she Claire most relates to in this situation. Mm. Um, and then the final look between them, it's kind of her just, you know, for Claire, that's just, she's looking around the whole room smiling and she, you know, the flower girl's the only one smiling back. Wow.
0: And
5: we, we treated that as like, it's because she's just kind of naïve. To what's going on? She, she just doesn't, under, she doesn't understand what's happened. She just sees like, oh, that's the hairstylist up there that just did my hair. Um, so, yeah. it and Claire doesn't get what's happened moment. either.
2: Ah, Not that no so Claire good.
5: hasn't exactly got it either. But um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to
2: ask. No, you can. I'm sorry. No, please go.
5: Oh, the Vienna, the the, the young actor, she. She had, I think her maybe her mother prepared her this way, but she must have explained the scene to her, which I'm scared of how that was explained because that they, only needed to be explained so much. <laughs> she was only there for, like, we shot that shot of her and got her out of there because she did not need to, like, she wasn't necessary for the rest of the shots. But um, mm. she thought she was going to have to have this intense, you know, scared or emotional reaction, and she had been preparing for that. And But it was really... That's just how I'm saying this girl is so intelli- like intelligent and mature beyond her years, just how she was preparing for that. And I was like, oh, no, 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 it's more like you don't understand what's happened. And she really, like, was just, like, getting – it's just in- so impressive. Like, I would write a movie for that yeah. actress to star,
2: and she's so good. <laughs>
5: right on.
2: Excellent. Right well, um, that's perfect. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, you uh, you really went – against type, usually for a character who is shy and introverted and socially inept and everything, their clothing would not be as cool as Claire's clothes were. And my wife was watching it with me and said, well, you know, she's a stylist, so she's of that world. And, you know, she knows about clothes and fashion and da-da-da. But um, was there ever a moment when you thought that Claire might be dressed more, as that type of character is usually portrayed, or did you always know that she was stylish and on the ball on that side of her life?
5: I think I always looked at it like that was best part of her armor, you know, against the world. Since she's part of that industry, and
0: mm-hmm.
5: it's a part of hiding herself and hiding that she's insecure. And yeah, well, her wardrobe mm-hmm. is like my dream wardrobe. But it was also our intention. Even it's though, pretty like, great. She's, like always cute. Like she still we intentionally made her stand out everywhere. so it's it's not like she stands out because she's a weirdo. She stands out just because like no one else is dressed like her. No one else is even in the same color palette. We intentionally like gave her her own color palette that she always lived in. And so when she would be in, like, the, quote, real world, everything else is, like, cool and modern, and she's always in these, like, 70s retro colors to create this, like, she's almost from another time idea. But, yeah, yeah I always thought, like, she's a guy like, she's going to be incredibly styled. Everything about the movie needs to be incredibly styled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> our, our thing. Like, right. I, I,
1: the highlight for me was that furry coat that she's wearing. It's just an
0: amazing... Oh my God, I wear it all
1: the time. I love it. Oh, awesome. Uh, Raven, you want to bring it home with your questions?
4: Excuse me. Yeah, actually uh, one thing I was really impressed with between um, the short and the feature is that now you've got a bigger salon and you one thing that comes with salons is a crap ton of mirrors, and I was really impressed with <laughs> how some how smart some of the angles were without making it look like any equipment was hiding. Um, did that just yeah, was that just something that's effort. super easy, or like
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> because you made it look really easy, and I was wondering um, if that was actually super hard because
5: I couldn't figure it out. I don't think it was super easy, which is like our huge camera team dealing with it. And a lot, almost everything we shot with two cameras at the same time. So from, so we're always trying to find how can we shoot this from two angles and then not be in the way with the mirrors. It's even yeah. harder. And we were playing with the mirrors, like trying to, with the short, it started with the short, this idea that like we should use them as much as possible, like either shooting into them or the camera is mm-hmm. acting like it is the mirror.
0: Because yeah. a
5: stylist spends half their life looking in a mirror, having conversations through the mirror. So we just wanted to play with it as much as we could. The hardest thing is when we have it in front of the actor and it's supposed to be the mirror. And they're like, where do I look exactly? I was like never... really impressed yeah. with that.
4: It's, it, Actually, it's it so hard not
5: to look like you're looking
4: reflection. at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, or I even I like down
0: over down the over the
4: shoulder. i was really impressed. Uh-huh. like into
5: the mirror over the shoulder, it would be like, we'd be telling Bria, like, if you look here, it looks like you're looking at yourself, but you can't actually look at yourself or the, like from our angle, it doesn't look like you're looking at
0: yourself.
5: <laughs> it's amazing
4: how seamless and natural that all looks. I, I was, it wasn't until I started digesting that I, I started thinking about, wait a minute, how did they even do
1: that? <laughs> it looks really good. I mean, Obviously this is your first feature and you're going to have issues like that and other things as well. Um, but what was the one, I know you have a lot of lessons you've learned, obviously. What was the one big lesson you've learned in this experience? Oh,
5: man. Um, <laughs>
1: the biggest <laughs> lesson. Um, yeah. Honestly, we're gonna end with a bang, man. <laughs>
0: honestly,
5: not something Mm. I feel like that's from the actual making of it, but from the kind of the back to the short when we were, it was always the intention to make a feature, but I didn't get everything like ready. I should have had the script ready when the short film came out because we had lots of interest in it right then. And I was told that Mm. and yet didn't make sure I was there, but it's really like, if that's your intention like, you have to jump on these moments, and I kicked, my, like, I kicked myself for so long for not being ready then that it took, me, it took time away from actually working on it. And, I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad because we got to make the movie we wanted to make instead of working with a company who has lots of say in everything creatively. But the biggest lesson is to, like, be prepared for, like, the best possible success. Because if you do get it, you need to have, like, all the things ready to, like, jump on those opportunities.
1: And do you have a new opportunity you are jumping on right now? (laughs)
5: Lots of exciting things. Um, Nothing I can really talk about yet, but lots of projects that I'm actually struggling to keep up with right now.
0: (laughs) It's all good
5: stuff.
1: I, I, I believe it. I mean. Bria Grant's doing things. Your cinematographer is working with A24, I believe. Um, you know, I, I just like everyone is 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 gonna have a wonderful year. And he, he, the stylist is wonderful. Congratulations, Jill. I I'm I I feel like a proud mother a little bit, like to watch to see <laughs> you blow. You know, you, you, you've always had it in you, but just to see you like become this. You know, we always. This is just wonderful. I I don't even have words, and that says a lot because I I can talk forever. Uh, <laughs>
0: so
1: uh, I, I I'm just much. so pleased, and and even that I just had a little bit of this journey with you. I'm honored that I could be part of it, and I would love to continue some kind of relationship with you in the future because I really appreciate what you've done here and what you do, and. We need more women voices like yourself, women that do women stories about women, people above and below the line, and likes to throw some face ripping in for good measure. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, thank thank you, you
5: for your belief, and your contribution is not small. We couldn't do it without everyone, and you remember how shocked I was. I was like, did you mean to do this? Oh my
1: god! Yeah, that, that is like one of my favorite stories. That pop up. Did you mean to do that? I'm like, yes.
0: <laughs> like like I
1: couldn't believe it. I was like, yes. Yeah. But I told you that in person. I was like, I was going to back your movie. Um, I did it through the Kickstarter, though. Honestly, I would have given it to you directly. Um, it it's just wonderful i am so happy everything is going well and please please when you know let us know when you can talk about the things that you can't talk about right now because we want to make sure people know and um so once again uh the stylus is available on the arrow app right now arrow app is fun there's lots of things on it um they have actually a pretty good deal you can get the whole year for sixty dollars um or you can do five ninety nine a month um I, I I actually probably should skip the year, but it's not just the stylus. There's all sorts of stuff, but and the extras. There's extras on there. They yeah. actually put extras on there like Criterion does, which is like, and unlike Criterion, you get some really good culty B movies yeah, on totally there, like the the
5: Criterion of horror and cult. <laughs> really mm-hmm. they
1: are you know it, it's it's wonderful and i i, I i'm going to be really debating if i'm going to keep the app or not right now i'm mm-hmm. burning through as much as i can in a month like watch this watch, this, watch <laughs> this um so um and and it will come out in blu-ray in june and make sure you buy the blu-ray and the digital copy is now for pre-order um jill once again thank you for being on the show, we are going to let you go and be the great person you are um any <laughs> final thoughts or words before you leave and um you know any any movies you want to like recommend before you leave today Oh um, we'll just Thank you for having me on and
5: thank you for everyone who's listening. As you already pimped out, please watch the movie on Arrow. <laughs>
0: um
5: but as far as recently I have watched a couple awesome horror films like well, I watched Lucky finally, Bria's new film. She wrote and stars in on Shudder. I'd also if you never if anyone who hasn't seen it yet, Gretel and Hansel on Prime.
0: I'm like oh, yeah. to that
5: party. That movie's fucking awesome. Um Talk about, like, stylish as... Oh, my God. That's my jam. That kind of... It, that it's also film. a wow.
1: rondo this year.
5: Hell, yeah. um And also, I finally saw Dark... Uh, the Dark...
1: Wait, what?
5: The Dark and the Wicked also on Shutter Ooh,
0: Loved it.
1: I haven't seen that yet. It's in the top of my queue right now. I'm so excited to see that one. Oh, you got to so, check it out. Oh, awesome. So, oh, my God, Jill. Thank you so much. And, um th- uh, you know... G- I'm sorry that Kansas City didn't win this year, but when they won last year, I knew. I knew that was the only (laughs) one because you you were at one of the playoffs. (laughs) And I was like, you know, if Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, the stylist will be a hit. Here we are.
5: What an incredible time making the movie and it's the Super Bowl fine. all at the same
1: time. <laughs> yeah, it's t- it, everything just fell into place. COVID, be damned. So thank you again, everyone. Hmm. This was Jill Gavar-Gazian. No, see, I was practicing off air. I can't do it when I'm on air. It's ridiculous. Gavar-Gazian. <laughs> Did you hear Metal it? Block. I got it. I got it that time. <laughs>
0: so you thank it. you,
1: Jill we love you. Thank you. I'm serious. We absolutely love Thank you. Thank
0: you.
1: Have a good one and uh, you're going to have to hang up on your own because I can't hang people up because it'll hang me up. <laughs> so uh, much love in that. All right. All right. Good night. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Woo! That was a whole hour with Jill gavar Okay. Oh, it flew. Cool. gavar See? Look. As soon as she's on <laughs> there, I can see it right. <laughs>
2: Sure, when the pressure's off.
1: The bar, the See, no
2: look, I did it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my,
1: I, seriously, isn't that just how it is? I'm so embarrassed about that. Of course. Oh, my God. Oh nah. my God. I literally like, I am not going to fuck up Jill's name. I'm not. I'm not. Everyone, <laughs> I mean, I, I watched some of the extras, and they're not consistent either on the extras. <laughs> so oh, I,
0: I didn't you know, know that.
1: Yeah. So it's like, but the extras are so cool because there's Jill and all her people and they're sitting there and they're talking Ted just like, and they're like, oh my God, they look so professional and, and, and mainstream. And and it was just really, it's just this whole journey with them has been amazing. And I'm so glad that the movie is a hit. Um, You know it couldn't happen to a nicer group Of people and Kansas City Shout out uh, on top Of it so uh, It's our second hour uh, And uh, we are actually The interview ran long pleasantly Surprising so we will have a brief chat About to continue Our talk about women In horror film And also we'll throw some Irish horror In there for good measure because St. Patrick's Day is right around the bend so, what are we going to? Do? Let's start with our women's choices first. For um, yesterday was International, or Monday it was International Women's Day. Uh, so shout out to me, I guess. Uh, so or who, um, people who identify as a woman. Um, I I always say that my one of my all time favorite female directed horror films is *Ravenous* by Antonio Bird, um, and uh, which is. This is an incredible movie. She died after only making three movies uh, and Ravenous might be a near masterpiece but there's a lot of other women in horror and it, and, and it's actually getting more like it, it's getting more accessible. We still need more of people to give people chances to do these but like the Joe Bob just showed The Love Witch for Valentine's Day, which yeah. is a woman above so, the line below the line costuming awesome. cinematography absolutely a wonderful song and uh, did you Anna guys biller. like it and alan biller that's right amanda biller actually uh isn't it amanda biller um i really would I, love her I on the show Anna. but i'm she, she's like way bigger than us now <laughs> so um <laughs> never know
0: yeah, the maybe or, i went know. to
1: spam you never know
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we um uh, so that you know it's funny because like i talked her a little bit on um we tried to actually uh hook up interview and you know she's just too busy usually um and she was mentioning like like people were messing with her like deliberately trying to mess up her set and i was like wow yeah, um yeah i i can't go into details i'd rather have her do it because i couldn't do but uh, and and uh, you know yeah you're right it's not Bill. it's Anna biller um but she, she was, you know, it, it's not easy to get a horror film made if you're a woman, for some reason, and you know, and it's completely just positioned to what women go through because women endure pain on a regular basis. We have babies, we have fibromyalgia we have to put up with men's shit. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in our Chief, lives.
0: Steve, where are you,
1: man? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So anytime a woman makes a, a film that is recognized, it, it's a it's a wonderful thing. But there's a lot of them out there. What are some of your favorites, Raven? Well, you know, I tend
4: to go old school first. Um, I have a special place in my heart for all things old timey, and one of the earliest female directors that I absolutely love is Ida Lupino. Um, She's really more well-known for Thriller, uh, but she's done, I mean, it's kind of cuspy. Uh, She's she's directed a lot of uh, episodes for the series Thriller. You uh, you remember that from the 60s that Boris Karloff hosted? He was never in anything. He just introduced it. Um, but she also directed some Twilight Zones. The Masks is one of her episodes where it's New Year's Eve and the family is waiting for an inheritance at midnight. Yeah, in um, New Orleans. And then uh, I actually just watched an episode that she directed of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. They have it on Peacock right now. And um, she's done more than one episode, but the episode I watched today was called A Crime from Mothers. And it's about this alcoholic lady who um, lost custody of her daughter. And so she hires a private detective to kidnap the daughter, and she accidentally kidnaps the wrong kid because <laughs> she hasn't seen her in so long. Um, and then it's a whole new problem <laughs> that she has. But it's really well directed. Ida know, has also done some features as well, like Devil's Reign in oh, 75. Oh, The Devil's Rain
1: they that's the one with William Shatner and and exploring nine right yeah yeah I've seen that yeah
4: (laughs) yeah but she has 50 stuff too on dangerous ground it was a big title she did um but it's kind of fun to go through I, I was just going through some of her tv episodes today and even it doesn't matter what format she's doing it's just perfect every time so i highly recommend checking her out if you haven't or haven't in a while
0: all right
1: and i i actually do like devil's Rain. i always have this memory of being in the bistro which is this little burger joint in new york in the granite on the edge of meat district in greenwich and like literally it's like four in the morning and we're getting french fries and that was the movie that was playing
0: <laughs> That's Fun. like a weird odd
1: memory But I often put those two together I don't know why um, So Erin, I know that you watch a lot of horror with Natalie uh, Your your significant other mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite women-centric or women-directed horror films?
2: Um, I have a couple Although Natalie could go on at length Uh, much better than I could. But, um, you know, the ones that I was just thinking of for this segment, uh, Near Dark is one of my absolute favorite of the genre, and that's Catherine Bigelow, who then later went on, of course, to win uh, Best Director Oscar for The Hurt Locker. But... um, I love uh, her
4: war movies
2: better than her horror movies, but I love her horror movies, too. (laughs) Um, From... Yeah, I I I have trouble with some of her uh more stuff the the one after Hurt Locker that was based on the CIA thing and rendition uh she kind of uh and it, it was sort of a cop out on how she got around the CIA basically writing her script and uh <laughs> attacking Obama who I'm not a huge fan of but they were kind of playing fast and loose with the truth in that one. I don't remember that. that Zero that Dark Thirty? Thank you. Yeah,
0: that's that's it. exactly yeah. it.
2: And she, okay. yeah, kind of went, oh, well, you know, I'm just the director. I'm not the writer or anything. And Maybe. I went, really, dude? You I know, actually I haven't seen that ship. title, so I can't speak to that one. <laughs> Captain but
4: I, ship, now I need to check know, it out.
2: that works. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, for new stuff, uh, Jennifer Kent... Uh, wrote and directed *The Babadook*, which you know you could do several shows on because it's so frickin' amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, style well, and substance. also
1: directed *What Was That? That uh, Nightingale*,
2: which is a fucked
1: up. Oh, that's movie. on my
4: queue. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it,
1: I like the color. Yeah, I haven't
4: either actually.
1: It's good. It is super rapey. Be prepared for that. Mm. Um, Ooh, but right it, it, well, it, it, it basically it's it's like you know um, Australians and the Irish and the Aborigines have one thing in common. They all hate the British, and the British are assholes. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's actually like what the story is about. Um, but it it's a really like for a rape revenge film. It's pretty intense, even for one of those movies. So be prepared. By oh. Cool. I when you think said racy, I watch. was
2: thinking something else. No, rapey. Okay, cool. Rapey. Super. Rapey. rapey. I thought you said racy. No. If it was oh, racy, it a sense now, Aaron. No, no,
1: no. racy
4: would <laughs> be awesome.
1: This is not a racy movie. This is a rapey movie. No, a big
2: difference. Rapey. Yeah, working your stop close Man, that was, that was yeah. almost horrible. Oh no, I didn't
1: realize that was blurring the thing. It's funny because, you know, uh, uh Jill mentioned Dark and the Wicked, that's also on um uh being nominated for a rondo. I just want to mention that. Um uh, there's there is a lot of actually female horror out there that is really doing well right now. And um yeah. you know, Stacey Pippi, of course, and the attorney uh one of the COVID benefits for COVID is the Ethereum Film Festival went virtual also. And with that, a lot of people got went on to Shutter. Was it Shutter or was it Amazon? It was Shudder and watched her short. And mm. that was, you know, the, the shorts collection. So that was pretty fucking awesome. So a lot of women got some exposure there, uh, you know. And it's not just about, I mean, all directors matter. But, you know, it's kind of nice, though. And, you know, like, you're, you're like, yeah, people on, um, you, know, I, you know, the first film I ever backed was a short about self-cutting. <laughs> so I love mm. these stories about women be- and women, it's not just women horror, you know, because like there's plenty of females, there's a lot of people don't realize when you look at the 80s movies, there's a lot of women who are the final slasher. And a lot of people are like, you know, th- are surprised at that. Oh, my, one, of, one of the ones that I can really point out in particular is Happy Birthday to Me. Uh, it's a It's mm-hmm. a girl doing that. Um, you know of course Jason Voorhees mother i mean we could list how many yep. you know the, the the you know sleepaway camp of course has its twist Um, uh, you know um
0: you urban know, legend. It,
1: you know so urban legend i mean so there there you know it it's actually not really true that um, uh, you know all horror, you know the villains are all male, preying on females. Because often it's women on women. Uh, sisters is a good. I finally, when she mentioned Sisters, I saw Sisters for the first time this Halloween. Um, and that's a very interesting oh, yeah. movie. Um, it's on Criterion if you want to watch that. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's that. If you like seventy horror. <laughs> well, uh, and Margot Kidder. Or 60, awesome. uh, late sixties, I think.
4: But yeah, no. it's, it's there's there's something very mm-hmm. De Palma about it.
1: If you want to watch Lois Lane just go crazy, that's a really good a good movie for that. Uh so,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Maybe always, so. she's my favorite Lois Lane, so she always yeah. will. Well, um well. you know, uh, and I loved all the Lois Lanes for the most part. Hey, look, we got a new one even. That's not too bad. Uh yeah. so uh I'm trying to think what other female horror uh you know, you mentioned him. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> so you you first. you
4: first. Um, I've been really getting into Claire Dennis, the French director. Um, uh, she did High Life, and I think A twenty four distributed that one or produced it. Uh, that's with Robert Pattinson and his daughter in outer space and Juliette Binoche. Have you have you guys
1: seen this? I... Uh,
4: outer space horror. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what What's the name again? High Life. High Life
4: came out in 2018.
1: I want to say I have seen it, but I don't remember anything it's about really it. It's really
4: weird. Um, there's a lot of, there's, imagine the most, uh, you know, Erin, this is a callback to the last episode we have. Imagine the most semen you could possibly <laughs> need to have in a deep <laughs> space movie, and then oh just God. triple it, and you're almost as close. Oh. <laughs> to what's
5: happening in this
4: there's there's weird like Shin experiments happening Julia Pinoche is like this crazy space scientist doctor lady that's also uber slutty Uh, (laughs) it's really weird wow Um, where's that streaming but she also did Claire Dennis also did um, a movie called Trouble Every Day that came out in 2001 okay and that's about an American couple that's honeymooning in Paris, and the husband has to go to this medical clinic that does does a lot of weird studies and experiments in her movies. Um, He goes to get uh, goes to this place where they're doing studies on, like, cutting edge human libido experiments. (laughs) Hmm. She does a lot of, like, weird sex stuff, but it's not really about the sex even though there's so much sex in it Um, you know like Uh, uh, it's like the female version of putting a phallus everywhere there's
0: vaginas in
4: space it is on (laughs) high life and Um, it is also on
2: Amazon
4: yeah uh, it's a (laughs) weird one check it out I recommend it
2: yeah (laughs) fuck yeah
0: Okay. Um, be like sex
4: horror. horror Carry on with
1: um, we're all about sector. Um, you know, but, uh, what was that? I i did see something recently I really liked it. I can't remember what it was. Um uh, Oh my god. Uh the it Sex the, and
2: Horror?
1: Sex and horror, yeah. I don't remember. It, it, Never mind. I'm not going to be any use to anybody at this moment in time. <laughs> I suck. So recovering. Um, I, I I had I had a, you know, there's just um, you know I'm trying to think of other women in horror. You think I know a lot of? Women? I was going to mention the lore, of course, because I mentioned the lore. any anytime oh, we, we talk about women yet. in horror, you, what? I'm How so dumb. You I need to watch it's it. It's Criterion. Not idiot. It is. It oh, is. No. <laughs> and blast the music. Blast that shit. The music is amazing in the lore. The lure and my friend um Emily Intravilla who has the feminine critique podcast, they finally reviewed the lore yeah. on the sh- on the on their yeah. show. And they both were like, Oh my god, this is so good <laughs> and, and Christina doesn't like musicals that she fell in love with the movie as much as she did really bodes well, like how much I love this film. Uh and I love this movie. And I own both so jacks the studio soundtrack and the original soundtrack. Uh, so Perfect. buy both if you can.
0: Um, I know I love it.
1: You know, it, it, and uh, so there's that going on. Uh, you know, Bigelow just did a movie recently with Nicole Kidman. No, no, Karen Kiyosama did one with Nicole Kidman. She's actually one of my female, favorite female directors of horror. She, of course, did The Invitation, which was my number one film that year. Uh, absolutely one of the best writers. And anytime you see a women in horror retrospective, they almost are trying to bring in Karen Kusama almost every time now. Uh, so uh, I love her to death. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about mainstream masters of horror, female edition. Um, mm. Let's see, uh, anybody else? I also
4: this morning I watched. I first watched the. <laughs> it was on Criterion. Uh, they added a movie yeah. called The Velvet Vampire from 1971. <laughs> it's also known <laughs> as know? Cemetery Girls. Uh, and it was directed by Stephanie Rothman. Also on Tubi TV and. The streaming app Night Flight, if you have that one, it's kind of a cool mini cult thing. It's like a baby arrow. Yeah. App. Um, but it looked really cool. It reminded, like, I could tell... I felt like oh, the people who made The Love Witch just watched The Velvet Vampire on repeat. It has a lot of that female gaze lighting and the same color palette and a little bit of that ethereal, misty look that the 70s got down really well in their horror. Um, that that was, it was a
2: delightful
4: surprise, The Velvet Vampire. I had never even heard of it.
2: <laughs> Is it also called Count Dracula's Great Love?
4: That I don't know. I only know the one A.K.A. It could be. You're probably right. You, usually when 70s horror movies have an A.K.A., yeah. they have about
2: 20 A.K.A.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so You're absolutely
2: right, but I have no idea why that is. <laughs> uh, it's uh, like The like Bay probably... of
1: Blood literally has 15 different titles, and but the cut <laughs> of the movie is exactly <laughs> the same, everyone. It's right. really it's hilarious. Hysterical. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's funny cuz you know, Jill's biggest influence on her isn't a female horror director. It's Toby Hooper. Uh, but mm-hmm. Toby Hooper has a surprisingly like a lot of people think about Leatherface, but a lot of his women, even his victims are usually pretty well fleshed out females.
4: i was going to say I I
0: think
4: not knowing anything about Toby Hooper um not in filmmaking, I don't know how he is in real life. That's but it running. feels like it was made by a feminist. And I yeah, think yeah. that's what Jill has glommed onto. That uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has like the penultimate final girl. That is just like
0: mm-hmm. it,
4: my best friend saw that for the first time and watching her watch that. Uh, oh my God. Standing up and cheering, right? Just stand up and cheer, final girl. <laughs> that is female empowerment right there
1: guy. You know, women. But women horror films don't have to be empowering. Like, like I. You know, the strong no, woman role is enough. one thing. But being a weak woman, you know, like Julianne Moore is made a living making movies of women who are flawed and weak. Uh, you know, and we all love her. But you know, like, uh, you know, I was trying to think of. Films where women were not strong, but survivors like The Shining and Shelley Duvall might be a good example of that. I've always right. her performance is pretty mind blowing, to be honest with you. And she kind of yeah. fucked herself up to do it. Um, yeah. I was also thinking well, or, about or
2: she was fucked up.
1: Yeah. But, you know, of course, the sexy witches have to give a shout out to the new
2: Suspiria
1: that came out a couple of years ago. That's mm-hmm. a very much a woman. On women horror film, uh, you know, even more so than the original Dario Argento movie, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's still directed by a male, but you know, that doesn't mean that men can't direct women. A lot of people are like, oh, well, this is, you know, men, men, no, no, men. There's perfectly great male directors that know how to do female gaze. It does exist, um, but I think that women have an insight to the gaze that a man will maybe never be able to quite capture. Uh, we, mm. There's room for both. Let's just put it that way. I think there's room for everybody at the table. <laughs> Make, you know, we just got to rearrange the chairs a little bit, right? So um,
0: yeah.
1: Um, let's let's switch gears though and talk about um, Irish movies. I, I was trying to see if there was an overlap between Irish films and female horror, and the only one I can think of is The Children. Um, which we've talked about before, um, which is <sighs> messed-up little film from 2008. Um, it, I think one of us has finally seen it, right? You
0: guys I got
1: a time. The Children, first of all, it's a Christmas horror movie. Um, it takes place in, in uh, Ireland, and it is a very odd film. This woman goes to this house and well, they they whack kids. I mean the 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 murder. The, it, it is absolutely a really awesome kick ass movie. So I would recommend the children. Now, if you don't want to watch something that's so serious as that, on um, the opposite end is the best part of Ireland. Of course, is getting drunk, and um, and the the grabbers is uh, is a highly recommended <laughs> Irish film. I love grabbers. Grabbers is actually, and the people really did get drunk to perform part of the second half. You know, they're actually really drinking for this movie. Uh, and I don't think it would work Awful. if they weren't
5: drinking for this film. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh, but it's about a bunch of monsters, seafaring monsters that attack a small Irish town. And uh, for some reason, they don't like beer. So if you're drunk on alcohol, they won't attack you. So the problem is, you're still trying to get away from Blood Thirty Monsters while you're raging drunk, or you're sobering up and have a hangover. None of that is good. <laughs> so it's a fun. That's a fun comedy if you want to go Irish horror. Um, any other suggestions? Right for- yeah, the,
4: um, the hole in the ground.
1: Oh yeah, that just came on out on Amazon. Can't talk about it.
4: A um, couple well, years ago, I think. Um, 2019, and that's written and directed by Lee Cronin. There's something very Kubrickian about how it's shot and a lot of the setting um, and style, so that's pretty cool. Um, It's about a single mother living with her son in a house of the Irish countryside, and uh, in the woods behind their house, there is a hole in the ground, and once the child discovers this whole, his personality starts changing um, and things start getting really creepy kid <laughs> and disturbing um, and a lot of times it's really hard to have for me to actually feel scared about a kid <laughs> in a movie
5: <laughs> because oh, like, oh, or I could just I could just drop kick
4: him and then I'd be fine, right? Uh, in this case... <laughs> Uh, this kid makes me want to like hide in the bathroom in the fetal position. They did a really good job. Wow. Um, and it's it's adequately creepy. I think it's a good, it's worth a watch. I believe that's on Amazon right now.
1: Yeah. I would also like to add, um, one of my favorite slashers is an Irish slasher, and it it is a comedy, but it's really fucking good. It's called Stitches. I introduced that to him, like, people, it's on my and, that <laughs> um, and it, it's a killer clown movie first of all, unlike most slasher villains, he actually has dialogue and it's hysterical yeah uh, but the kills are absolutely creative and one of my favorite deaths of any flasher film ever it has to do with an umbrella and through the eye gouge at the back of the head (laughs) it's just it's just glorious the umbrella opens the blood rains down it is just perfectly timed uh if you want to go more serious i could also recommend a movie called the citadel uh which is a ghost kind of a a gang member ghost revengey weird little you know uh story about a office or an apartment complex uh of course starts out with the tragic death of a wife in front of and you know in front of the the husband and kid which is you know but you know i also like horror films where the opening sequence you get someone that is uh you know suffers a loss and has to recover through the film uh that does you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of great horror films start that way um i am not a serial killer is irish i recommend that one um, you know, you could even if you want to go real boo uh B movie. Rawhead Rex is Irish. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't know it that.
4: Teetering yeah. onto my list, it teetered. <laughs> yeah, um, I considered. Um,
0: yeah, I uh, was
1: also I'm trying to think what else is Irish. Uh, and you know, you also have the Leprechaun series. Of course, we've had yeah, we had um, sure. Brian Brian Trenchard Smith who directed two of the Leprechaun movies. Including Leprechaun mm-hmm. in Space and Leprechaun Three, I think <laughs> both of his two. Um, Va- uh, I think he, he did, did Vegas in Space, right? Yeah, he did <laughs> Vegas in Space. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but you know, I've never been a huge fan of Leprechaun movies. I mean, they're fun and they're silly, but you know, but 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 Ryan Travers Smith did two of them, so you know, you got to give him credit for that. Um, a fabulous movie called uh, Dark Touch is from ireland and i really like that movie um you know and that's a woman-centric horror movie by the way so i would definitely recommend that's from 2013 um if you've never seen Mm. that it is really Really. fucking good um yeah it it, it, it's it starts out like a uh uh, like kind of like a uh, you know Thriller detective story and then it goes off the rails. It's just the there's no punches pulled. It, it is a really good movie. I highly highly recommend Dark Touch, um, and that's an excellent film. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of other Irish horror films that like. Did you uh, hear now, me mention Shrooms, Liz? I hate that movie, but we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I find that movie frightfully dull. <laughs> it's <Aww>. really boring. <laughs> But
4: Aww. let me mention, um, don't watch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I I have a rating system. I rate I rate everything I ever watch because I'm a bored Virgo, and <laughs> I rate everything out of a hundred points. I gave Shrooms, and listen, I love good movies, but I also love bad movies. All right. I did too, but oh, I really Trooms.
1: don't. Like
4: other ones. Go ahead. Shrooms, I gave a three out of
1: 100. <laughs> a Two. three. It's not very good. Yeah. I mean, it is. It, it's it, not it, very it, good. It's too bad because it has a lot of potential to be good. Like the settings there, yeah. the premise is there. Um, I've seen other people do similar stuff with a little bit better success. Um, what's his name uh bill wheatley uh he did that uh, what was that movie uh a field a a, a, a something in a field i forget what it's called ben wheatley's movie and that's hmm. a psychedelic movie in ireland where people are tripping on shrooms it works a little bit better yeah uh, <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> you know ben wheatley he's he's my boy even though he's english he's not real i don't think he's Irish. But. Uh, I just don't want
4: anyone to think like Oh they didn't mention shrooms They must have forgot I'll go watch it <laughs> No stop it You don't okay? You don't okay, really yeah.
1: want to watch it I mean it's so it's so obvious And anticlimactic And it's just like give me a break guys I mean I'll go back and watch You know I'll Watch Jason again He's like you yeah.
2: know. It's pretty boring
1: a field in England well, I have
2: i I have one Irish horror, and I have one Irish dark fantasy, and uh-huh. my horror is lodgers, which Natalie and I picked up at midsummer screen actually on d v d and really enjoyed it and it's uh set in the twenties in Ireland, and uh there are these twins on a crumbling family estate and they have to be in by midnight because there's this presence in the lake and uh, the young girl, the twins wants to uh, leave the estate and go out into the world. And the brother says that she can't because she knows what will happen and they can't escape their family curse. And, you know, I won't, give you all the details, but it's pretty effective actually and uh well done. Even though it's kind of well mined material as far as, you know, family curse and da da da. but still, worth worth seeing. If you get the chance, it's streaming on Prime. And then my Dark Fantasy, Do Not Laugh at Me, is Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Oh I'm awesome Darby O'Gill too. and the Little People. I
0: love that movie, and it is thank
2: you you. it's not only scary but uh, a lot of the elements in darby o'gill and the little people go on to be used in the haunted mansion the greatest dark ride effing time i am not open to questions on that at this
0: time
1: (laughs) the the (laughs) second scariest thing in that movie though is sean connery's bad irish accent (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah it it hurts a little but he's still
0: charming as hell Uh, yeah
1: you forgive him pretty easily are amazing in Darby O'Gill they hold up to this day the level of scale they got is extremely difficult even in CG to get scale correctly because it doesn't look they did some amazing stuff not only is he moving left to right he's moving forward and back in the shots which is extremely hard to do um, and, and in yeah, fact, you know. when
2: Peter Jackson went to make Lord of the Rings, he used the exact same effing stuff that they used with his hobbits and his wizards and men uh, that they had used with uh, King Brian Brew and uh, the rest of uh, the town.
1: Well, that oh, was yeah. actually the one downside of putting uh, the Lord of the Rings movies into uh, the the the. 42 frames a second 3D is you can see the forced perspective. It took that scale uh, away. There's and a
2: 3D I, of Lord of the Rings?
1: Yeah, I saw
2: it. Yeah. Holy <sighs> crap, I didn't know that. <laughs> Oh my God. Think know, there's a that, version of Lord of the Rings nine. I haven't seen. <laughs>
1: but but i'll tell you though it doesn't like like in the hobbit when they they kind of fixed it because they used more cg for the scale so you don't have that uh-huh. issue but the lord yeah. of the, the original fellowship movie like when for example at the opening when he's sitting in the um you know the coach and and you know gandalf's coming to town you can actually see yeah. that like like uh, frodo is sitting like far back <laughs> you know to make him look smaller mm. and make and make yeah, yeah. uh the wizard looked bigger, so I, it doesn't quite work. I think because it wasn't meant to be seen that way. Uh, so, uh, but you know, e for effort, it's still Lord of the Rings and still the best oh, yeah. adaptation we could have possibly oh, yeah. hoped—excuse me, possibly hoped for. Um, now he's not until we get horror. the series. Yeah, well then, and it's true. <laughs> I'm hoping the series is good. We'll see. Um,
2: Fingers crossed. I must,
1: but uh, I wanted to talk about Neil Jordan for a second. Um, Because you can't talk about Irish movies and Irish horror without Neil Jordan. Uh, Neil Jordan really isn't a horror director, but he has directed horror. Um, He's directed, uh, of course, Interview with the Vampire with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, uh, which which at first was maligned by Anne Rice. And then she put out a full page ad and apologized to Neil Jordan for hiring uh, Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise. So, um, you know, and uh, he also, what was the other same thing? He did one other movie. Oh, well, of course, A Company Crying of Game. Wolves. Well, Crying <laughs> Game isn't really Wolves. a horror show. It's <laughs> funny, I just, read a, I just read this article that he says there's no way that movie would be able to be made nowadays. No I, way. And, and it has the same issue as Sleepaway Camp. There, there, there definitely would not be, neither one of those films could be made
0: mm-hmm. nowadays.
1: Because um, the big I twist. Mean. Uh, but it's still a good movie. Uh, but I was going to think really of Angela, Angela Lansbury and com- the company of wolves, which is probably yeah. oh his, yeah, that's his dark fantasy I movie. Yeah, yeah. I just watched this. Yeah, it's. I just watched it for the first time. It's actually really good. I'm not that good. big a
0: fan. It, it, it. But you uh, about loves it. especially
1: sexually charged horror films. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot that. going on in yeah. this movie. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um. It. It. it, it you know, I. I love the horror that like borders on fantasy. Um. Myself. So I. I like a company wolves. I'm not saying it's a perfect film, but then again, you know, most films are not perfect unless they're Stanley Kubrick. Uh. You know, but um. Uh, oh, no.
2: I do remember like, there was it's... one transformation that I thought was interesting and, and unique uh, I don't remember what it was specifically right now but I just remember at the time uh, when I actually went to see it in the theater uh, a bajillion years ago in, uh, in 1984 for God's yeah. sake I actually walked out <laughs> it's one of the very very few films I've ever walked out on and I just <laughs> went oh.
1: Oh, but, uh, but you know, it, now but I, that doesn't work though because the, the the ending of that movie, like you have, it pulls the whole story tight because uh, it isn't really uh, a, a plot until you uh, until they no, actually get to the not. wolf and the granny. So, yeah. you know,
0: you know, no. there's no
1: no real plot to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. no. You're no right. I love no. how
1: disappointed
4: you are. I don't know why it's so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: One of my absolute favorite, though, um, uh, Mona Lisa. I freaking yes. love yeah. Mona Lisa, uh, directed by Neil jo- Jordan. That's one of my absolute favorite films of the decade. I
1: and mean, well, he he has. It. You could you could easily spend a thing uh, a St. Patrick's Day, like just going through Neil Jordan movies. Neil Jordan, and oh, then yeah. if you want, and what's his name? Uh, Hal Loach is the other person. If you want to go non-horror. Um, uh, he, he is often one of my go-to uh, – is isn't that his name? The guy, Wind that Shakes the Barley, who directed I thought it was Hal Lurch. Oh, my God. Uh, you think I would have oh, done yeah. my research? Uh, and I have done my research. It just doesn't sound like i do my research. Uh, but no, Cam Bo- Loach. <laughs> I was close. Well, Lurch, that's just yeah, Sicilian- yeah. It stars Cecilion Murphy and it's about the rise and fall of the IRA and how it directly is, it influences one gotcha. uh, set of brothers. Um, Ken Loach is the yeah, ultimate solidarity type director. He very much believes in unions and you know and, and things along those later. Mm-hmm. He's actually English, but he covers a lot of Irish stories um and and the inequality that happens between ireland and and um the rest of the uk so i i recommend also if you want a non-horror choice um ken loach because his stories are scary because they're real <laughs> so mm.
0: <laughs>
1: he's telling some truths, uh and we gotta yeah. listen to his ass um you know you, you could also go fantastical there's of course uh you know you got uh Secret of Own Inish, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. films. Uh, and the soundtrack can't be great, right? So you could watch that movie. Oh.
0: Um, right the on. Song
1: of the Sea. Have you so. seen that? Oh yeah, no. that's Song no, of the Sea. Yeah. yeah, they just they just had another film that's about to be nominated for uh,
4: uh, Wolf Walkers.
1: Wolf Walker, yeah, no, uh yeah. Right. I, I love Oh, my God. And then what was the film that they did? Oh, The Book of Kells. The Secret of, of Kells. The yeah. Secret of Kells. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, was that movie awesome? Oh, you know, so, uh, you know, the, 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 those, those films are fantastic. And those are a little Irish Song, company. So but, I think,
4: I'm not sure where it's streaming right now. Let me double check. But Song of the Sea actually was recorded with two different voice tracks. And you know how Brent, Brendan Gleason plays the father, uh, he actually did his characters, both voice tracks. He did the Gaelic, Irish, oh, nice. and the English track. I haven't seen it with the Gaelic track. I've only seen it with the English track, but I'm interested in both because it's So beautiful and the music is so pretty It's um I don't see it Streaming right now but it's Definitely worth Um, a rental
2: You're right Rent or buy only is what I see too
1: but Brendan Gleeson is, is an Irish national treasure. I mean, he, you know, you yes, can't oh, go yeah. wrong with Brendan Gleeson ever. No, so.
4: that would be a good binge day to get some uh-huh. In Bruges and some nice. Harry Potter
1: 28 <laughs> uh, days later. He's the best thing about Braveheart. Um, in Bruges uh-huh. is just amazing. Um, yeah. I asked, you know, um, let's see, I'm trying to think. The Guard. Uh, that was a, a little film that he did that I really liked. Uh, you know, so you you can't go wrong with with Brendan Gleeson movies, and uh, if you want an Irish thing. And last but not least, now this is the last Irish film I'm gonna bring out, even though we're staring away from horror. But I'm also talking about some of the things that I always watch around St. Patrick's Day. I know not everyone wants to like John Wayne films anymore because they don't like uh-uh. his politics. But he did do an Irish film that was uh, called *The Quiet Man*, which was a uh, regular staple in my house, and it's, and it's actually very good yeah. movie. And Maureen O'Hara is just sparkling in that film. And so no doubt. I, it, it's a good comedy. It actually treats the even though it's funny and there's some really good stuff going on in that movie. It's directed by uh, what's his name, way uh, famous John Ford. John Ford. Yeah. John Ford, right? He did two Irish films. He did that one and he did the one about the IRA uh, with. Uh, yeah. what what is Which, which one is one that? In again?
2: Of... The Informant.
1: The inform... Is it The Informant? Is that what it's called? Isn't it? No, I don't think so. Oh, am i thinking mean, I'm of there. something else. You're thinking of something else. Um, let's see. Okay, I am gonna. I can find this answer. You, you make some suggestions we're going to come right back to this, I swear because I, I need to answer this.
0: It's a
2: <laughs>
1: nice dark film that everyone should know about. And Victor McLagan is also in that movie. He and stars Victor
2: McLaughlin the- won an Academy Award for it.
1: Yeah, hold on. Oh, what the, hell?
2: the Informer, yeah. 1935.
1: Oh, it was The Informer. I saw that at Fantastic, uh, not Fantastic but, at, but Numathon. Um, it was one of the late, late, late night movies, actually. I was very impressed that they were showing it. So they showed that, yeah. and they showed um, uh, the Inherit the Wind, which is like nice. one of my favorite oh, movies. Oh, right on. That's yeah, a great film. So that, that, yeah, it, 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 but not it was its own thing. And rest in peace to the Alamo Draft House. Um, oh my god! we lost um, them, not all of them are gone
2: but, but maybe coming back maybe coming back
1: so, well not all of Bank them bankruptcy. are closing only six closed um they're oh. they're being reorged um matter of fact, my friend just got into the Grindsploitation uh film festival that's going to play at Winchester here in d c area um and he'll be on uh his show um, he's going to be on the twenty fourth Richard richard tanner's going to touch kaiju with us um to Talk about <laughs> a movie. So, uh yeah, he just on. got into film festival for his uh, Once Upon a Nightmare um uh Mother News Mother News presents Once Upon a Nightmare, which is his upgrade of his first film, which was called Once Upon a Nightmare. You know, cuz you know, every mm-hmm. director tries to make themselves better. Uh, we're, we're actually out of time. Uh, I wanted to remind people this is March Madness. We're actually having three episodes this month, which is I usually have two. <laughs> With the COVID, I've been sporadic, but that's another story. Um, so we're we'll do this one with Jill, and then, um, and then on 14th, which is this Sunday, so I have to put up another link soon. Um, I'm going <laughs> to take a break from horror and film and talk about um, the reemergence of professional wrestling, uh, especially in particular the All Elite Wrestling on TNT, which is now bigger than WWE. Uh, in the ratings Uh, and it was created by Chris Jericho who's been literally like 30 years of wrestling Um, and for and the the the, it's phenomenal what he's doing so we're gonna have a special show specifically about um, you know wrestling professional wrestling because it's a part of fandom we cannot ignore and believe it or not there's a lot of overlap between horror and wrestling there's a ton of it so it's a good subject. So that will be um, we're gonna have Richard Tanner's gonna be on that episode as well, and um, and we're going to have the mad scientists of violence talk about death matches and exploding barbed wire yeah. and things like that. And I'm actually gonna be going to my first indie death match in Tennessee what? in May. Yeah, so uh, we'll have a follow up episode for that. So May first, I'm gonna go see an extreme uh, show in Knoxville. Um, so We'll, we'll talk about that later. It'll be like one of my first actually going to do something since COVID. Sweet. So that'll be kind of cool. Uh, anything you need to talk about, Raven, and plug before we go tonight?
4: Oh, I ain't plugging nothing. And but <laughs> follow <laughs> me on Twitter, at Raven Looney, and I'm still rating movies and recommending movies. So if and- you need stuff to binge, I'm your lady. All
1: right. So find Raven and all the Twitters and the Facebook to get the suggestions for tonight and any other films that you would like to have suggested. Aaron, where can they find you? And what do you have coming up the pipe?
2: I, I'm currently in Twitter jail, but you can still follow me huh? at aaronsama Sama 1313. That's Captain Antifa. Nah, just Antifa on um, the, uh, the Tweet Tweets. And then... Uh, on the, the Facebook, I'm Aaron Cogan,
1: And uh, thank you, Cuz, for being on the show as always. Oh,
0: and as always. Uh,
1: our next actual official episode of The Sexy Witches, not counting the 14th, is, uh, will be Wednesday the 24th. And we are going to talk about the Oscar nominations, which will finally be out. They come out, I think, on the 15th, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna also talk about, like I said, Richard Tanner's new movie. But also because the day after our air will be King Kong versus Godzilla, we are going to have Woo-hoo! a kaiju fest and talk about our favorite kaiju. Before I go, do we want to do this as a free form kaiju talk, or do we actually want to do a formal round robin of kaiju movies?
4: You know my answer. Wow. <laughs> I'm letting you guys think Here about You're a You want a list. I want a rectangle raven. I don't want a round robin. I want a rectangle raven. <laughs> <laughs> I might accept a rhombus. I always love lists. You know I like me. Parallel- I love organization.
1: I, I like trapezoids <laughs> and parallelograms. So you know, because um, they both are—they're both parallelograms. So anyway, um, so the real question is: Do we want to do it as more of a freeform talk about kaiju's, or do we actually want to try to do a list?
2: You're the boss, boss.
1: No, I'm asking you. You're my co host.
2: Um. Um. Okay. We could list.
1: So, we'll talk about it soon. But put that in your <laughs> brain. Because, you know, a little, little of both. Because, you know, kaiju films are not creepy. A little bit of country, a little
2: bit of rock and roll.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Godzilla movies actually vary in quality A lot of people don't know that uh, oh, it yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: But you know But some of them are, They all have consistent things happening But some vary in quality And so you could easily do a top 10 of just Godzilla movies But there's so much more than Godzilla When it comes mm-hmm. to Kaiju uh, You know yeah. you, got from, you know, and We just covered that in the madness And boy were we watching giant monsters Just destroy things It was oh, so anyway, we'll talk about that on the 24th. So join me on the 4th Sunday, the 14th for wrestling 24th for Oscars and Kaiju. Please come back here on blog talk for the live broadcast of archivist unsexy, which is every when every two Wednesdays a month as a rule. Um, and hopefully I'll be doing that more now that COVID is starting to like be less of our lives. We'll see what happens. Cause you know, it Who knows, you know, 21 has been kind of unpredictable. <laughs> um, and um, thank you all for cu- listening in. And thank again, Jill, for being Jill and oh, being he-
0: amazing. So cool.
1: And I'm so, it, it, like I said, I'm a, I feel like a proud mom. It, it's, it's so cool. It's like, oh, there's the girl walking down the aisle. Is
0: She's this girl. little you know. girl so, I care,
1: <laughs> I didn't cue that up because it's not... <laughs> but it's not Passover, but that would totally work, too. But I'm leaving you tonight with my uh, a female cover. Uh, well, actually, Sina and Michael, they're a duo from Ireland. Uh, one of my favorite Irish songs of all time. Once again, you know, the hot chick working for the IRA, and the boy falls in love and, well, ends up taking the fall for her. Typical Irish story. And here we are. Hmm. Good night, everyone. Good film hunting. Blessed be. And beware of the Black Velvet Band. Good night.
3: Apprentice to trade, I was bound. And many, the years of sweet, happiness I spent in that neat little town. But a sad misfortune came over me that caused me to stray from the land. Far away from me, friends and relations, betrayed by the black velvet bun. the land, under hair hung over her shoulder, tied up with a black velvet bun, I took a stroll down Broadway, intending not to stay for long, when who should I meet but this pretty fur maid, came tracing along the highway. Like a swan, and her hair all over her shoulder, tied up with a black velvet band, her eyes they shone like diamonds. I told her the queen of the land under Well, I knew she meant the doing of him By the look in her ruggish black eyes A gold watch she took from him And placed it right into my hands And the very first thing that I said was "Wax it to the black velvet band? Bit fun. Before the judge and jury, next morning I had to appear the judge. Cases are proven and clear. I'll give you seven years in a servitude to spend far away from the land. Far away from your friends and relations, betrayed by the black velvet band. Her eyes they shone like diamonds. I taught her the queen of the land. From the town me boy beware of the pretty calling